episode 350, Krishna Lakinene, From Poverty to Digital Power. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com forward slash book. This episode is sponsored by Ted Accelerator. If you do want to do a TEDx talk and that is something on your list for 2019 or even 2020, let's actually make this a reality. I can guarantee it's going to happen. If your answer is yes to any of that, you'll best listen to my free TEDx Essentials training that you can easily find in the show notes of this episode. Jump into that and please, you know, if you have any questions or someone you know wants to do a TEDx, please don't hesitate. AdamWalkerUK at me.com is my personal email. That'll jump straight to me. Get to the podcast. Okay, I've got one today I'm very excited and happy to do. We've got Krishna Lakinene. He is a friend, entrepreneur, best-selling author, fellow TEDx speaker and change maker. He's from Canada, but we're going to talk about his origins as well, currently from Canada. But firstly, before we dig into this, I'm very excited about this, but are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Yes, yes. Awesome. We all should be ready and awaken all the time. Yeah, this is what it's a daily thing. We're just constantly on it. And I know you are because I've uh, been lucky enough to have quite a lot of uh, spent quite a lot of good time with you recently. But that was one of my briefest intros ever. But that's because I know you quite well. So please add to it, elaborate. Is there anything you'd like to highlight? What are you all about at the moment? I'm all about making a difference in the community, be a change maker. And uh, I believe in evolving societies. Uh, I believe in evolving ourselves as a person too. And how that impacts. Uh, the relationship that we have, the society we live in, and the communities. And it's important to be conscious about what is that we're leaving for our future generations. And this is where the Hope for One Million Kids Foundation that I started a couple of years ago, my goal is empowering one million children and work with the children that experience war, poverty, and sex trafficking, uh, and instill them uh, in terms of giving hope uh, teach them love, compassion, kindness that can translate into sincerity and integrity and truthfulness. So they become a better citizens and they share it with the future generations. Awesome. So I want to jump straight into your origins as well. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Tell us a little bit about the, the A to B that got you to this point as, uh, you know, recently given your TEDx talk, which we're going to talk about as well and what you shared there. But yeah, just give us a little bit about your origins. I'm born and raised in India, and um, I'm from a family of farmers. You know, in India, we have caste system. Um, I'm supposed to be a farmer or a slave, but my granddad felt education is the best thing, and my dad became a teacher, and he educated me. The education made a huge difference in my life. You know, I was one of those kids that lived poor, lived with limited meals and resources, um, but that taught me the humility and be humble and how to with that limited resources um, that really helped me to look my inner self, which radiates outwards in terms of running a business or connecting with people or writing books. Um, now I'm in Canada, 12,000 miles away from home, I think 12,000 kilometers, um, but I'm happy. I have uh, beautiful children, I have a roof to live, 
but I always refer back to the struggles that I had because there were a lot of fears and blockages that I had to overcome to get where I am today. And when I talk to other children, I see this, like, I don't know what to do. You know, this is where I felt like I learned enough. Now I'm at a level that I can give back mm. because I've been receiving and giving, but now I'm into the giving more completely. Um, yeah. I'm really happy. So when did you make the journey across and how did you get out of, I know you said education in the broad sense is what, you know, is the, the foundation of what led you to this point, but how did you practically get out of that scenario and also make your way across this way? You know, it's, um, it's a long story and I give all the credit to uh, the mentors and I think it's part of it to um, the fear too. You know, being poor, the only thing I can think of is, you know, when I'm sleeping, bathing, eating, I want to get out of the poverty. I want mm. to have more than one pencil a year. I want mm. to have more than three pairs of clothes a year. Um, you know, it's it's all that dream. And, and I never stop dreaming big. Um, and these mentors, I used to reach out to my professors or anybody that I know in the industry. Um, I'm lost. Can you help? Hmm. And every single time they were like, okay, this is what you can do. Wow. Or I used to pick up the books. You know, there's nothing that we're reinventing today. You know, if you reflect um, lives of like Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, everybody has a story and all they have in common is the perseverance and they have something bigger than themselves. You know, these are the things uh, I kept in my mind since childhood. Uh, if you want to be really successful, there are two ways. You can have everything you want. You can be rich or you can be rich and make a difference in this world. What is that opportunity that I want to take? So, you know, I, I prayed many times that uh, I want to make a huge difference in this world and I want to have a comfortable life. Wow. That is awesome. I mean, something that really fascinates me in general and especially around you know this period of launching my first solo book and the fear around all of that and the reason you know 99 percent of people don't ever get that book out even there's a huge proportion of people who've written a book or have completely finished a book and it still doesn't make it out talk to me about you mentioned fear and that caught my attention fear of you know wanting or avoiding certain things from your past and you know wanting more and, and mentors and you reached out and asked for help Talk to us about fear at that time and, and why you think more people don't overcome that, but also don't reach out for help. Um, you know, when, we, when I was a kid, it's different fears because I don't know if I can, ha if I have food to eat the next day. Um, yeah. And what's, my mom what's used that like? Because again, I've never experienced that. And I'm, I'm sure a huge proportion of people, they may say, mm, but they've never really, you're not messing around. This is you know, serious <laughs> stuff. And if you haven't experienced it, you haven't experienced it. It's, um, it's scary. It's unknown. Mm. And finding that unknown, more you can take it inside and try to find it yourself. Or you can play victim of circumstances. You know, yeah. I can't do anything. Nobody's doing it for me. Uh, but my parents really taught me how to stand up. You know, I still remember the day I actually talked to my mom. Mom, do you remember that night we had one egg and you had to make four pieces and you gave it to four of us and you didn't even eat. I remember that that night. Whoa. And these things, um, 
taught me to live with scarcity, but also the fear that comes with it, it actually helped me to find out how to get out of this poverty. Yeah, how old were you when you started to think, like you say, like your parents are providing for you when you're young, but also there's a part of you, like you said, are like, right, right, I need to go and get some food. <laughs> like, I, would, I was like 13 or 14, but I think the biggest impact I had was uh, from my best friend. Um, we were competing in the class and you can win a compass box or a pencil or a dictionary if you're like, you know, top three in the class. And uh, this year, um, there was famine and he has to drop out of school to go and help his parents. And we were best friends. And I know he's helping his parents and I couldn't understand why a kid has to work in a farm to help family, right? Like 13 year old and you don't really know anything about it. And I hadn't seen him afterwards. And back in 2005, when I went to India, I went to the village where I grew up and I heard that their family committed suicide. Whoa. Yeah, because they couldn't repay the debts and the family committed suicide. The whole family? The whole family. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness. Talk about, you know, desperate scenario and not seeing any way out of it. Yeah. And, you know, the house was complete desert and that devastated me. This is 2005. And I think at that point, I started thinking more about kids that experience something similar, you know, especially the poverty. Um, I, and I, I still don't understand, you know, um, why these things still happen in this day and age. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, and I wanted to do something about it. This is where the hope for one million kids idea came and I just start working towards doing that. But before I can get there, I was volunteering on nonprofit boards and working with Rotary um, and small communities uh, oriented projects just to find out how these things work. Because I don't know how to operate a nonprofit organization. Yeah. I've never been involved in, with any. So I started learning. And I think three years ago, I got to a point, okay, I learned enough now. I want to start something of my own and yeah. um, you know, start sponsoring some kids or buying backpacks or buying meals, whatever small thing we can do. Yeah. Um, you know, I start giving back, but I want to make it big. This is where the Hope for One Million Kids Foundation is going to do. Awesome. When you re reached out for help for various mentors, and like you said, there's books and there's, there's you know, information to a certain extent, regardless where you are, there you, information is really spread and you can generally get your hands on it in some shape or form amongst all of that can you think or remember any points where it's, it's my who helped awaken your alpha kind of question around like and it could be in an awakening moment combined as well where something was said or a specific book or someone said something one of these mentors said something that really clicked for you and you just you could almost see your way out of this and things started to move and you know you could see the path slightly clearer I think the the big difference um, happened when I moved to England. So before I moved to England, um, I graduated in electrical engineering and I was looking for, okay, study abroad or find a job. Yeah. And our financial situation is still not that great. So I can't afford studying abroad. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the time of the dot-com crash. Yeah. Like 2000, Y2K, all these problems. And nobody's hiring. So I went to university to talk to my professor and get his opinion. Um, 
he's a good professor, but also scary at the same time. One of the strict professors. <laughs> okay. Uh, he said, uh, come over to my place and um, we'll talk through this. Then I, we talked and uh, he got a bunch of notes in his hand. He came out. Uh, it was about $2,000. Uh, this money helps you get the flight ticket and pays partial tuition fee. And he wrote a recommendation letter to the university that I was going to in England. And, and that changed my life. And that day he said something, you know, Krishna, I believe in you and I believe uh, you're making a difference in huge ways. Um, I still remember those words and uh, that's something I kept it wholeheartedly and I took it as my responsibility. Wow. I, wow. I just love that. And I love the fact that someone's seeing something in you and then you, like you said, you have a responsibility to, to, they've seen the greatness and not to let them down and to have that positive impact in the planet. I just, Wow. Could you believe it? I mean, I'm sure you wasn't expecting that when he pulls out $2,000 and I'm going to assume, especially that's a lot of money, but in the environment you're in, that's even more a lot of money. Oh yeah. Like I used that to convince my parents to get an educational loan. Um, after four years, I actually paid him back wow. and I sent my dad with the check and he was very happy that I completed my education and I found a job and I, and I don't know where he is right now, but uh, he's always in my thoughts. Wow. Uh, that changed my life in big ways because it was a point that I spent about 20 years of my life thriving every day, uh, motivating myself, getting out of poverty, and you got graduated. All you're thinking is you're going to get a job and you can have the things that you wanted, uh, but that's not the reality. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's beyond your control. Mm. In, in desperate times, like he just showed up and you know, yeah. ignited that spark. Um, and I still carry that, right? And So you're in England now, you graduated, you've paid him back. What are you doing and where are you going? Tell us just, a, I mean, this is a fascinating journey. <laughs> in, you know, in our culture, it's like um, you get a job, you get settled and get married and have kids and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, I found a job as a programmer with uh, Carrot Media Group in the UK, uh, one of the agencies uh, very prominent all across Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, Krishna, I've lost you. The screen's the uh, screen's frozen. Oh, screen's frozen. Don't worry. Oh, you're back. You're back. The screen yeah, is frozen. The sound went. You said you found a job, uh, and you sort of started talking about the details of it, and then it froze, and I lost a little bit of sound. Okay. No, um, I found a job with um, Carrot Media Group. It's one of the Aegis companies. It's an advertising agency. Um, it gave me um, a steep learning curve. You know, you're a new country and you're a programmer helping this company. Uh, but you know what, it made, what made a big difference to be in business today? Um, uh, Sir Alan Sugar. Ah. Or is it not Alan Sugar? <laughs> <laughs> I watched all those um, episodes back to back. The Apprentice, like, the Apprentice stuff. Yeah, the Apprentice. Yeah. Like it made a huge difference. Like, you know, there's a template for the TV program, but there are a lot of scenarios that you don't expect to be in. And yeah. it just motivated me. And you won't believe it, Adam. There's one thing, you know, the cars they drive, it's black cabs. Yep. It's not like the, the London cabs. There's like a Chrysler cabs. I was like, oh my God, like these guys are going in this cast. I had the dream 
And once I moved to England, I bought Chrysler Pacifica. It's exactly the same make and model. <laughs> the reality <laughs> just showed up. Like, I didn't realize it until I sold that car. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh my God, that was the car they used. And I went back and cross-referenced, right? Like being human, yeah. I want validation. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. And that got me thinking, I want to have a business. I want to yeah. start my own company and whatnot. And even when I got the job, uh, this is the days when uh, Google AdWords is new and all the digital marketing is new. Um, so we built a website, blog, selling advertising on the website. So I learned whatever the job skills I needed even before I got the job. So pretty much that earned me that job. Yeah. And I had huge mentors even at work too. Um, uh, Omer and uh, Nick Elson, they're my manager and directors. Huge help. Um, Nick became um, like another candle for me. Yeah. Uh, he's younger than me, but he already had multiple companies. And he used to tell me, Krishna, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I used to take longer such, such and times. You know, you, in programming, you can solve a problem 100 different ways. And sometimes you don't get to solve it right away. And he used to encourage me, you know, it's okay. Take your time. We're going to get it done. Uh, I used to go to office nine o'clock and there are days I left like almost midnight. Wow. Because Online. I want to get it done. Yeah. Like somebody places. With that work on. ethic. Yeah. You need to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> You're yeah. going to be putting in them hours. You can do it for yourself. <laughs> so I want to talk about as well. So how long were you in that kind of environment? And you know, when did you make the leap almost like a, a second big you know, a big switch from, you know, employee to entrepreneur. And how long did you think about that? And I'm going to bring it back around to some fear. Was there any fear around it? It doesn't sound like there was much, but there may have been a bit or a huge amount. I don't know. Oh, these are the days like, you know, um, I'm on a work permit from the company and yep. you can, immigration rules are changing so fast. Um, and my son got really sick in India and I had to go and this is Christmas time. Yeah. And I didn't get the leave. Like, I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't just stay here three days. And I really wanted to see my son. You know what I did? <laughs> These people sponsored me to be there. I just left. I just so, left. So I, your son's ill around Christmas. You're in England on this work visa. Yeah. And my and son they wouldn't let you go back. They wouldn't give you the leave you needed to go back to see your son. Yeah. And I, and I quit. Man, see, my blood's boiling already. This is why I can't stand this. <laughs> I still remember. I think December oh. 24th morning, I got on a flight because I just don't know what's happening. Yeah. You know, my relationship with my dad, my dad is a hard worker and teacher yeah. and farmer. I didn't have any bonding. You know, I miss that. I want yeah. to have with my children. So I quit the job and, and I emailed right. them. Fair play. Because I, I really appreciate that because that is... You know, I'm from a teacher's background as well. And they have similar scenarios where, because it's obviously kids are in school, regardless of what is going on, no, you can't have the time off, you know? And I'm just like, you, you, they lose so many good people. And like, that was, I mean, if they want to lose you, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they were really upset about it at the time. And then um, just in January, we exchanged a few emails and they're like, you know, just come back if everything settles in. Uh, but I'm like, you know, I burned the bridges there. And yeah, I, and also they, they, they've, they've showed their true colors. When, when, the, when, when it's against the fan, they haven't got your back. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then, you know, they, they offered me eventually to come back and work for them. But I was like, you know, I burned the bridges. I built so much guilt. Um, I learned a lesson here. And that's when 
uh, moving to Canada opportunity came up yeah uh, because I want to live abroad and I want to have better life for my family and future generations so uh, apply for the job and I was still talking to um, this company um, you know everybody is young and they didn't have any family like kids yeah so I didn't know whether they understood that aspect of family uh, and a few years later, you know, I'm still in touch with my manager, uh, both of them actually. Mm -hmm. And now they have kids and I think they understand, like we're, we're still friends. We yeah. still talk. They so get it now. <laughs> the, the life situations are different. And, um, and I'm glad that we, uh, overcome that whatever happened and still be friends. Yeah. Uh, and I respect these people. Like, you know, they, they taught me a lot of digital marketing techniques and being a programmer or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and I moved here, you know, with my family. Wow. So this is when your family kind of fully reconnected because they were in India, you was in England. So is this, you know, it all came together a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and, and I applied for uh, a Canadian visa and whatnot. And, you know, because of the skill set and everything within two weeks, I got work permit approved. Awesome. Like, so fast. And yeah. when I came here, it's February 11th and in Canada, they don't rent the houses until it's first of the month. Okay. So uh -oh. I ended up staying at a hotel for about three and a half weeks. Yes. And only had two months uh, expenses in my pocket. So it's a scary situation again, mm. but I believe that it shall pass. Like everything, every little obstacle that I had, they, they just gone. Like, you know, it always presented as an opportunity for me. And that's how I start seeing. And guess what happened? Uh, a month later, the director of marketing quit. They don't have anybody's suggestions. So I got into that role right away. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and I build the sales material to presentations and setting up campaigns. Uh, we went from like 10 clients to 90 clients in a year and a half. But during this time, this company was acquired by other media company. Yeah. That's when I really started thinking. I worked for two companies that got acquired. Even the company in the UK got merged into a bigger agency yeah. uh, that was acquired by somebody else. So, and these are like millions of dollars we're talking about. Yeah. Why don't I build something that allows me to be in the industry that I'm passionate about, digital marketing? but also stop my philanthropic efforts at the earlier stage. Yeah. Right. This is 2008 I'm talking about. So for the 2005, when I went to India, I realized this is what happened. And one thing I had in my business plan is, you know, 1% of the proceeds I'm going to contributing back to the community, whatever the cause it is. Yeah. And that, that was the motivation. It was the business that I wanted to start my own company. Yes, I can have a comfortable life, but also I can give back in more meaningful ways than just writing a check or buying a ticket for dinner. Yeah, definitely. Because wow. when I was a kid, there wasn't any nonprofit organization in the village. Like there was nobody helping kids going yeah. through poverty, you know, and this smart kid, my best friend could have made a huge difference if he's still alive today. Yeah, definitely. Right. And I see a lot of those kids. Yeah. It's a strong why. So this business you set up your, was it ROI media or is that what later became ROI media or is that 
It is how my media works. Yeah. I spent about nine months uh, learning uh, all aspects of business. So in the first year, I wanted to have like $100,000 plus, um, and I failed. I failed mm. miserably. I made about $30,000 in year one. Mm -hmm. And that's not enough like to make a comfortable living. But we survived through, you know. Uh, it's scary because you're on your own and there is no other backup. Yeah. When, was, uh, when would you say, this is purely by your classification, when would you say the turning point of that? Like you said, that's not, you can't survive on that long term. When do you say, feel like the turning point, the tipping point where you're like, okay, we're cooking on gas now. We got, we got this. Oh, this is every time you go to grocery shopping, you got to watch how much you're paying. You're filling your tank. You got to watch out. And that's when um, I looked at the business plan again. The product was early to the markets that I'm testing or I'm selling yeah. it. That was a problem. So I tweaked the product to be more um, attainable towards these businesses I'm selling to uh, so they understand what it is and they can pay for it. Um, and that was the tipping point, like understanding that we're a little bit early in the market, so we need to tweak into what they're willing to pay. Yeah. And I had to take a few uh, steps back to come up with the product. Um, and then that's changed. And was that was that like in years though? Was that like the the second year that it all started to come together, or the third um, it's year? It's probably or? the third year. It actually worked out well um, because that was the year uh, we had really high number of staff uh, working on different projects, and it was uh, 2012. Um, I received uh, Entrepreneur of the Year award from the Chamber of Commerce here. Wow! So, and um, how how big has the company grown in terms of people that are working? Well, that was with like 11 staff at the time. Yep. That was about 11 staff. And apart from ROI, I started like two pet projects, like a, a content management system to build websites to uh, a platform that can turn these websites into a mobile website with few clicks. Yeah. Um, those are like two pet projects. My goal was, oh, this is working well and I'm comfortable. Now start something else. But I had to shut down both of the projects after yeah. two years or so. Um, this is, again, I learned... Um, Yes, you're making money, but you're burning cash too fast with that amount of employees. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned my lesson and I narrowed down the staff again to half of what I used to have, yeah. which was comfortable, but we keep growing about 10 new clients every year. Yeah. You know, that's about like 23 to 30% growth year on year. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's nine years now since I started the agency. Uh, I can tell we launched about 120 projects. And about 80 clients are still with us day-to-day. Uh, -day. We help them supporting with their marketing campaigns or something to do with their hosting, whatever yep. it is. But we niched out very specifically into digital marketing. Well, I want to jump into the alpha round to wrap, start wrapping this all off. But we've kind of got the journey to digital marketing as well. So I just want to, in a very sort of brief and probably obvious sense to you, what are some of the massive mistakes you see from your business people make with their digital marketing and on the flip side what are some of the the key things that you think are essential to really nail your digital marketing you know the key thing is the strategy uh the marketing strategy in terms of what you're doing in terms of traditional advertising and what you're doing in terms of digital advertising and when you're doing digital advertising what are the platforms that are using based on the business type you are on and understanding those demographics you know, if your product is catered to 18 to 24, these kids buy one time. 
but how do you create repeated customers? What sort of platforms you use? Um, I have seen many businesses posting to Facebook or Instagram, but there is no real strategy and end goal in terms of why they're doing it and what is the end goal and how they're tracking this effectiveness of these campaigns. Um, that's usually missing. You know, <laughs> when you run a traditional campaign, you can run like parallel campaigns. Uh, for example, the best example is Super Bowl. Everybody knows Super Bowl. Yeah. For 15 seconds, companies spend like millions of dollars to get on TV, but they use Twitter as a real-time platform on that night to engage with their consumers. They use Instagram. They have like follow Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, it's all part of the strategy. So they're not doing one thing. They have a full spectrum of campaigns going at multiple times. And that is, I, I feel like hugely missing in the business these days. Um, they hire freelancer who knows how to make nice graphics and post it to Facebook. Yeah. What is that you want people to do? Like even an Instagram. Instagram, I look at it as like a branding building tool. You know, it's like a magazine. You flip through, yeah. you're registering in their minds, but what sort of call to action you want them to take so they are continuing in this journey, you know? And I'll take marketing in like four um, segments. You know, you want them to be aware of your product they want them to consider your product and they're engaging with your product and you're creating recurring revenues with that product. So every business falls into one of these categories. You know, if it is a brand new startup, there's a huge awareness problem and what platforms you use at that stage to address this issue of awareness and, you know, registering people's minds so they are coming to you. And once they're on the website, once they're on your Facebook, what sort of story you're telling so they're convincing to purchase the product and then they're coming back. And this is where the marketing changed significantly. It's not like you buy a ton of ads on Google, it's not gonna work. You should be able to sell a story that's impactful, that connecting your customer to continue the journey down the pipe. Yeah. And they're coming back. And this is, this is a strategy that's like you're missing. Awesome. So in your journey, you mentioned about from a young age, reaching out to mentors. Is there a particular book that sticks in their mind for you that was uh, maybe your all-time favorite or is just one that early on that really sort of struck a chord to you? There is one book, of course, like Awaken Your Alpha, but the first book that really made an impact for me was um, Sir Richard Bronson. Just do it, right? And there is a new version, uh, Losing Your Virginity. And then the second book is um, uh, How to Win an Influential People by Napoleon Hill, a great book. And those five books that you have in the recommendations, I read them all. In many <laughs> times. So I would suggest anybody buy this, Awaken Your Alpha, and look at all these summaries of different books and different yes, stories. What a great shout. What a great shout. <laughs> and then look at these five books because I know a lot of us are busy and we don't have time to read every book. But, you know, your book is a summary. I want them to read it and then get these five books and then put Awaken Your Alpha right in. Wow, man. I love it. I love it. So the, if, if you've been living under a rock, this is the book he's referring to, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. Um, and right at the end, as I, I, I put it in the book, this is most let's, likely... Let's read those five books. Let's read those five books. Let's, let's, well, let's see if this, it goes. So it's at the back. It says this is likely the most valuable thing in the entire book. It's the top 25 <laughs> books recommended. And it goes obviously down the list in terms of how many times they've been recommended. So yeah, the top five. So, the, so there were uh, five books recommended six or more times. 
So David Data, The Way of the Superior Man. Tim Ferriss, The Four Hour, four hour Work Week. Uh, Maxwell Malt, Psycho Cybernetics. Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. And the number one most recommended book, um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Yeah. There we go. But, and there's a few other, you know, few other hidden gems in there that, you know, people haven't heard of so many times. But yeah, it's a great place to start. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for that shout out. Is there a particular quote, and you did mention one in what you was talking about earlier, but is there a particular quote that really resonates with you or you like to live your life by or just something you say when people ask you this question? Um, I believe in dreaming big. I truly believe whatever we want in our life, we can accomplish those things, whether it's spiritually, monetary, business, whatever that is. Um, I live by that like because I had many examples um, with the proof, like I had validations when I wanted something, work towards that and it manifested in my reality. Um, and that's one thing I, I live by and that's probably the best quote. When you want something desperately in life, uh, manifest it and never give up. Brilliant. What is the best way if people want to con connect with you and hear more about you? Because um, uh, I, th I think it's a great way to finish the show now. What is the best way? Well, uh, they can visit likeanany.com. That's L-A-K-K-I-N-E-N-I.com. Or they can find me on Instagram, Twitter. And all their links will be in the show notes as well, guys. So, uh, yeah, jump across there and check it out. Well, thank you so much, Krishna, for spending the time with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you, Adam. You know, I'm so glad we did it and we got connected. You know, that, that a year ago when we were on the red carpet, we talked about this and that resulted into all of this. Um, and I'm very fortunate that, you know, you're a mentor to me as well, right? These mentors showed up to me at the right times and you're one of them. You know, you inspired me with your book and with your story. You know, you're competing with the Olympics and you broke your knee. You know, a lot of people go into depression and anxiety and they never get out of that. But you're a true example of how you did it and you're sharing that story with other people. Uh, so I really thank you and I'm very grateful that we are connected and we're friends. Wow, man. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, the feel is mutual. And also I, I'm excited to what's, for what's to come because like you say, I, I'm confident there's going to be something else we're going to be doing together very soon, I'm sure. Yes, yes. I'm that kid. We're going to do that book. <laughs> awesome. All right. Cheers, Krishna. Thank you. See you later. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. This episode is sponsored by TEDxCelerator. Do you want to do your TEDx talk? If the answer to that is yes in any way, shape, or form, or you've always thought that would be a cool thing to do, you best listen to my free essential TEDx training session that you can find in the show notes of this podcast ayalpha.com and also if you have any interest in that the simplest way if you've got any questions Chris please do reach out to me adamwalkeruk at me.com is my personal email that will jump straight to me TED Accelerator enrollment is open three times a year so please do reach out we may be just about to start one we may be in the middle of one we may be just about to finish one main thing is reach out today to secure your spot on the next upcoming TED Accelerator and there will also be some pre-work for you to do so it's best time to start taking action on this is today. So reach out and we'll get you secured in the next when the next group goes through. And also, if you want this to happen now, 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 regardless, there's also ways we can accommodate you in more of a one-to-one -one bespoke manner. All right, speak to you soon.